Hello, my friends. It's Andy and Hedy coming to you live from Yorba Linda, California for the Living Fearless Devotional. A production of ResurrectMinistry.com where you can find all of our content. Draw. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I, my voice is terrible. Check us out on the web. <laughs> like, subscribe. Send this over to your friends. Share. Um, it's truly a blessing for us. If you'd like to speak to us directly, you can always drop us a line on the website the comment section and if you care to partner with us you can do that too so we had viewers on and then you coughed and i, I think they might have they might have thought you had covid yeah well who knows what i got <laughs> some kind of a flow some kind of omicron what really no i don't think i do mm -hmm. i you know that weird chills feeling you get when you've got covid i don't have yeah. any of that the body yeah. aches yeah i just got a sore throat yeah yeah you have a very sexy voice. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Except when I cough. Yeah. Then you sound like uh, Marge. Right. Oh, shoot. I hope nobody named Marge is watching. You know what I mean? My my mom had a friend named Marge who was a smoker. Uh, so it's not. Yeah. Marge the smoker. Yeah. <laughs> it's not any Marge. It's just Marge the smoker. Yes. They worked together at the Broadway. Oh. Yeah. In the um, In the makeup department. At yes. the Broadway. You remember the Broadway? Of course I do. Did you go to a Broadway? Yes, did they have a Broadway? Bullocks. Really? Bullocks. Yes. yes. The <laughs> last great. Actually, the last Bullocks was closed during the Rodney King riots because they oh. just smashed it to bits. Oh, wow. Hey, Sydney. Nice to see you. Hi, Cindy. And she's praying I feel better. Yes. Thank you. Of course. Everybody should be. All right. We're going to be reading from guess who this is a cool topic charles spurgeon charles spurgeon uh, the devotional is called morning by morning and the reference is philippians 4 12 that says i know what it is to have plenty charles goes on to say many people who know what it is to be in need have never learned what it is to have plenty oh when they are placed on the mountaintop, they get dizzy and are about to fall. In fact, Christians disgrace their profession of faith in Christ much more often during times of prosperity than during adversity. You can see that, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Being prosperous is a dangerous thing, and the crucible of adversity is a less severe trial for a Christian than the refining pot of prosperity. Unfortunate. Oh, what starvation of the soul and the neglecting of spiritual things have been brought about through the very blessings and bounty of God. Yet this is not necessary or inevitable. For the Apostle Paul tells us, I know what it is to have plenty. When he had plenty, he knew how to use it. For God's abundant grace enabled him to handle God's abundant prosperity. When the ship of Paul's life had full sails, he had plenty of ballast below deck to stabilize his boat so he could sail safely. It takes more human skill to handle a full cup of unrelenting joy without spilling it. Such, such a crazy concept. Paul had learned that skill for he declares, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry. Knowing the secret of being content when well-fed is a divine lesson for God had once given the Israelites what they craved. But 
Even while it was still in their mouths, God's anger rose against them. Many people have asked for blessings simply to satisfy the lust of their own hearts. Full stomachs have often led to a thirst for blood and a wanton disregard for godliness. Yikes. When we have plenty of God's providential blessings, we often have little regard for God's grace, which leads to very little gratitude for the blessings we have received. When we are full, we forget God. Thus being satisfied with earth, we are content to do without heaven. Rest assured, it is harder to know how to be well-fed than it is to know how to be hungry due to the intense propensity of our human nature toward pride and forgetfulness of God. So be careful (laughs) to pray, asking the Lord to teach you how to be well-fed. Let not the gifts your love bestows estrange our hearts from you, said Lowell Mason sometime between 1792 and 1872, where he was alive. Nice. I'm I'm sure. This is such a sad statement, this whole devotion. (laughs) I mean, such a sad depiction of human nature that, you know, it's it's prosperity that brings distance from God. Um, I could see how that's possible, but I also think it depends on where you came from. Because I was, uh, me and a friend were praying for another one of our friends, and um, I just started crying in the beginning, just grateful for being saved. So, and having the faith, uh, and just having the faith that the Lord's given me is just—it's just such a gift that I—I I hope that I can remain conscious of that, um, despite. Prosperity. I, I mean, in other words, uh, being blessed makes me grateful. Mm. And I just hope that I am able to maintain that because this is a warning um, not to feel that way. That's not not to get lazy or disregard God. I mean, some of these statements are very strong, like full stomachs have often led to a thirst for blood and a wanton disregard for godliness. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Um, but that I also, uh, when I uh, have read Philippians four twelve before, the secret of being content, you know, I have, a, I have, a, I know how to abase and how to abound. That is the uh, New King James version, mm. um, and the NIV is I know how to have and to be in need. And so it's, it's I, I never thought about the fact that Paul's also describing I know how to still worship God while I have plenty. Usually when I hear that, those verses, I think of um, having faith in adversity because mm. that can destroy people too. <laughs> yeah. But what Paul's saying is that what, he, what, they, what Spurgeon described as having that ballast under the boat is not being, <laughs> not being far from God, whether you're true, you know, whether you're blessed with prosperity or you're starving, mm. that the balance is, to have this contentment and joy of the Lord, regardless of the circumstances. Right. You know, uh, my friend, uh, Aldo Sechi is from uh, Argentina. And Argentina for the last several decades has been going through a, a, a time of being in socialism and communism. Right. And uh, he talks about it a lot. <clears throat> and uh, he would, when I first met him, 
he was sleeping <clears throat> in a rental car in my parking lot for two days. I had been gone and he didn't know it. He, he came here from Argentina. He'd seen my YouTube videos and uh, I think he'd read one of my books or something like that. And so he came here to learn from me about dog training. Yeah. And so um, there he was when I pulled in one morning and uh, he goes, hi, my name's Aldo in his broken English. You know how he talks. Yeah. Um, he could, you could barely understand him. He was worse then. <laughs> <laughs> but essentially he told me I had been sleeping here for two days waiting for you to come to work. <laughs> Oh, that's <laughs> where I, that dedication got him. Yeah. And so, uh, and that was like, I don't know, 15 years ago. And um, he, he's, he's, he's not left. I mean, he's, he's gone back home a few times, but what was important that he taught me is because I also had somebody in my business who was from, I want to say Switzerland. Um, and then I had somebody else that was from Mexico and those three people were the hardest workers. I had, I had my daughter working there. I had another high school kid working that was one of my, my daughter's friends. I had other employees that were here from the United States and they were always showing up late and leaving early. The, the people that were showing up early and leaving late were the immigrants. Yeah. And, and he taught me, he says, you know what? The, the problem is with Americans that they've never been hungry. Oh. And uh, he goes, everybody here that stays, uh, that shows up early and leaves late and does extra work and, and often doesn't take lunch because there's work to be done right. are those people that know what it's like to be hungry. We appreciate the opportunity that you've given us. And, uh, and it's just like, and I, you know, it was nice. It was not nice. What's the word I'm saying? Uh, it was interesting to see Big that country. in action. Yeah. Right. What, what, what he's talking about here. Uh, in some ways is that when God blesses you um, and things are, are good and you don't have a, a care in the world and, you know, you, you can begin to walk away from God. You can not be reading a devotional. You can not, maybe not, yeah, you know, reading, whatever. not even reading the Bible on your phone <laughs> while you're, while you're, you know, doing stuff. Um, not talking to people about Jesus. You know, not wearing your, so I wear my cross, not as a, as a signal to others. I wear this cross to keep, to remind me, Yeah, right. you know what I mean? Absolutely. I know, I know people think I'm wearing, I'm wearing this. So, Hey, look at me. I'm a Christian or, you know, I don't have a fish on the back of my car or my truck. I don't have uh, you know, oh, be good if I did that though, yeah. I'd probably be a nicer driver, <laughs> but I, but this is for me. I yeah. see it in the mirror. I, I it's heavy. I can't miss it. Uh, I can't wear it under my shirt because it hurts. <laughs> and so I have to wear it over my shirt. But it, this is for me because I know me. Things are fantastic right now. Right? Don't say that too loud. No, I mean, I have pain and my, my, my teenagers are, are really, you know, my teenagers are, te are teenagers. All of them. All of our teenagers. <laughs> all of them. Um, Work is kind of busy, you know. I don't. Uh, Wednesday, I spent literally fourteen hours in my truck, driving from place to place. Yeah. You know, jujitsu, lacrosse, cheerleading, <laughs> school, pick up from school, pick up from school church, take the church, yeah, was... school board. Oh, I had school meeting, and um, so, um, but things are great because I have God. Yeah. You and I have God together. We have it in our in our marriage. God is with us. And but I need, I need, I need a constant reminder. 
Amen. because I'm that person he's talking about. Sorry, did I go on too long? No. But it, it is, uh, it, you know, he lived in the United States as bad as it is now. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of prosperity here. There's a lot of, a lot of things we still can do around yes, the homeless absolutely. people. <laughs> well, I, I'm grateful. This devotion also reminded me of my father because he's an immigrant yeah. and worked very, very hard. And but past his, he, he was a little bit wild when we were young and he just, it, it was bad at times, but <laughs> when, once he hit his, once, um, my brother, um, got into drugs and then got sober and then went into Islam. And then, you know, my parents and I went with him, but once my parents developed a relationship with a God, it's not our God, but, uh, that sense of what my dad understood to be God consciousness. Um, he was, he was always grateful, but it was his contentment was beautiful to watch mm. because he just like, people would ask him, why don't you spend your money and go on vacation? Or why don't you buy this? Or why don't you buy that? He's like, my home is a paradise. Why do I need to go on vacation? You know, it's just, and I'll never forget that phrase. Cause he said it often. And I, I'm grateful to be experiencing that with you because it's the same thing. It's just like when you lived a big life and you've goodness and destruction coming to God um, and being blessed, you, you treasure that. Mm. It really is a gift. It really is a gift. And so. He <laughs> <laughs> just reminded me of something. Sorry. What? <laughs> there was. <laughs> Sorry. Now, there was a time that I would go away on me on my trips. Like I, uh, before this broadcast, I was in Arizona and I just drove in just a few minutes ago. And, and so this is one of the, so I, this is like fresh in my mind. I, there was this like, you would circle the block. that was, <laughs> a, you know, I think, can I stay one more day longer? Or, you know, there wasn't this hurry to come home. Uh, but, uh, I couldn't wait to come home. I was, oh, he, they said I could be dismissed and, uh, and I didn't have to have a conversation with the attorney. And as soon as we were done, I was in the truck driving home yeah. and I didn't stop. Aww. I didn't stop for anything. And now little puppy wagging your tail. Yeah. I came home and you were like jumping around like a little puppy dog. <laughs> um, but uh, that, I mean, that's God is here in my home Amen. and coming home to God and you and uh, Zara and is, um, and she came out and she goes, Oh, you're home. Hi, how are you doing? Like Aww. I was greeted by Zara. <laughs> I'm greeted by you. The cat, I think even came by and said, what's up, bro. Um, but it's, it's the presence of God. Yes. That uh, is awesome. I saw him on the way home. The, the sunset driving home was amazing. Um, and so it's, it's really amazing to have this, this gratefulness that uh, I didn't used to have. I would pray to God when I was, you know, hurting, when I'd lost, you know, about $600,000 in my business and it, <laughs> like that, that, Oh God, God, <laughs> I love you. God. Can, can no. you, can you, can you give me back my $600,000? Nope. No, no. As a matter of fact, I'm not, I'm not done. I'm taking your house, <laughs> my house. <laughs> because you were using the gifts for lustful things. He had to take them. Oh Lord! Okay, oh, right. I'm taking your business too. Yeah, yes, it all happened all within a couple of days. Uh, then I love God. The the day leading before that, uh, God who? Right. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Sorry, said, folks. We went a little bit of a tangent. Uh, hooked on 
on Jesus is back. Hooked on Jesus. Last time was Love Spurgeon. He loved Spurgeon last time he was with Wigglesworth. That's yeah. a long time ago. <laughs> Where you been? Hooked on Jesus. Where you been? Jesus, that was definitely a tough one. I read it multiple times this morning. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was intense. <sighs> Uh, Cindy says, I've gained and lost enough times to realize, to know, to appreciate what you have because you never know what tomorrow brings. Mm -hmm. Yes. Amen. Lisa, smiling face. It's a gift to treasure. Best gift ever. Amen. Wait, did you read those? I did. The one I have gas? It's the same. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was a typo. <laughs> I know, but I liked it. It's one of my favorites. Um, the the scripture. Sorry, I forgot what it was called. So we have scripture from uh, the devotional, starting with Philippians 4.12. Yes, the full verse. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Yeah, I've just always read that first. I want to read the NKJV version because that's the language I'm used to. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I've loaned birth to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Slightly different meanings. Yeah, it seems like it. Right? That's the one I'm used to. Wait one second. Now read the other one again. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. Mm. I have learned the secret of being content in in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Mm. It's not often that I like the NIV version better, but that gives me, there's more stuff there. Yes. <laughs> gives you a better, a better scope of what he's referring to yeah. on both ends. Right. Proverbs 17.3, the refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests hearts. I got a question for everybody while we're doing this. Uh, what is your favorite version of the Bible? What is what is your go-to version? Write that in the in the comments, if in you would. Comments. People don't like the NIV, you know. Shh, I wanted to see. Okay. <laughs> uh, Psalm 78, 29 to 31. And there's a couple of reasons why. Okay. They ate till they were gorged. He'd given them what they had craved. But before they turned from what they craved, even while the food was still in their mouths, God angered rose against them. He put to death the sturdiest among them, cutting down the young men of Israel. Mm. This whole psalm is intense because it's just talking about how ungrateful God's people had been, no matter how he saved them and how he killed all the Egyptians that were chasing them the plagues he saved him from and the death of the firstborn son and then saving them through the water and sending manna and bread from heaven. They ate the food of angels and yet still were unsatisfied. Mm. And um, ate the bread of angels. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's, it's so that this is the way we test God. And yet, um, they put God to the test and rebelled against the Most High. They did not keep his statutes. They were disloyal and faithless, as unreliable as a faulty vow. <laughs> just, you just so upset. Wow. It's unfortunate. And yet he's slow to anger. It's awesome coming, to coming in here. Let's see. Cindy also likes NIV. Wait. Uh, Don. Hey, Don. 
Hi, Don. H-O-J. At H-O-J. Hmm. Oh, I mean, she's saying, hold on. Uh, I just melt. <laughs> I miss Falco's cheesy jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and he's hey. thanking Hooked on Jesus for the link. Oh, nice. And Lisa's saying, Hooked on Jesus, what you really miss are all the balloon talk from Andy. That was a guess. No pun intended. Cindy's <laughs> 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 saying she likes NIV. Donna's mm. saying she likes NKJV, my personal favorite. Mm -hmm. And um, Lisa likes checking out the Message Bible occasionally, too. Yes, for when you read that scripture and you're like, what is that saying? The message is great. Uh, Hooked on Jesus is also NKJVer. Lisa, too. And Lisa's saying, I finally saved enough money to order the NKJV Journal Bible with the leather cover and the straps. That is awesome. <laughs> nice. Don is waving. Hello, smiling. Don. Nice to see you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think if you're uh, a fan, is it is it right to say a fan of Pastor Jack Hibbs? Yes. <laughs> then you're in. We're fans. And, yeah. <clears throat> NKJV is his. Go to go to Bible. He's what he reads every day. Every I do a Bible message. study with um, <clears throat> Kay Arthur, the Bible giant. Um, woman's just she's intense. Um, she does uh, she does precept on, upon precept Bible studies, and she uses NASB. Oh, so I've checked that out a couple times, um, but I still I prefer yeah. your Belinda Friends NKJV. Church is NIV. Well, that's the thing. So the NIV, some people claim, is the words are changed in order to accommodate modern society. The modern world. The modern world. <laughs> Sometimes those changes are woo. -woo. Yeah, but we go to those other. We go to NIV and ASB uh, on occasion, like today. It's just that the way that it's written Easier to is. Uh, and for most instances, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But there are there are some things that we found that are like hmm. like a really important one was I'm learning about the supernatural realm of the Bible. Um, Michael Heisner, it's intense. And so one scripture in particular, um, I don't know if it's Deuteronomy 82 or Genesis 6 that he was talking about where God was talking about the Nephilim and they translated it as the sons of Israel when it's the sons of God. Very different. Mm -hmm. Sons of God are angels, sons of Israel, men. Mm. So the whole concept of the Nephilim, the fallen angels mating with humans is lost if you call them sons of Israel. Can you believe since uh, before uh, I attended Calvary Chapel, Chena Hills with Pastor Jack Gibbs? You know what a Nephilim is. I can't tell you that I ever even heard that word, Nephilim. Yeah. We learn a lot from Pastor Jack. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? I mean, again, I, I don't it's know. It's not something I, Friends Church teaches. Yeah, I don't think that was ever mentioned. And I could be wrong. So if anybody that's been at Friends Church. Have, well, Chris taught it in his Angels and Demons. Yeah, a specific class, yes. not from the pulpit. pulpit. So it's interesting. And they go, Nephilim. What the heck's a Nephilim? It sounds like something small. Oh. It's, and it's They're the opposite. giants and we look like <laughs> grasshoppers, the Israelites said. And then what did God do? Wiped them out. And I think there might have been a show, you know, or two that I watched that they probably said Nephilim, but it just went like right over my head. Yes. Then were... Like Jezebel? Jezebel was a bar in Anaheim that I used to go to. <laughs> oh, Jezebel's. Oh, yeah, Jezebel's. Of course they would name it that. <laughs> oh, my God. It's 
<laughs> the they, I think uh, I think bands like uh, Cheap Trick played there before they got big. Yeah. Uh, the motels. Now we know why the Grammys are the way they are. <laughs> that's where we're. That's I don't. It just dawned on me. I mean, it was a fairly famous nightclub. Yeah. It eventually turned into a Mexican uh, restaurant bar, but uh, yeah, it was very popular. They it advertised it on. Um, on okay. uh, on uh, on uh, <laughs> you put me on these rabbit holes. On KMET, KMET. Okay. Do you remember KMET? Uh, do you remember KMET? What about uh, K Rock? K Rock, I remember. K Rock would have a title. There you go. Go down to Jezebel's and see, you know, bummer from. You want to hear more? Let's move on. To <laughs> let's move on to how great my article was. Thank you. Well done, Jesus. I am actually, as you know, I'm sure, is that that article was very dear to my heart. I watched hours and hours of videos of Christian converts and just listening to them. It's, I really, I mean, if you get a chance, um, it would be interesting for you to click the YouTube link I put on there for the channel I was watching and listen to these girls' stories because it's not only heartbreaking, but you almost want to throw something at the screen <laughs> because you're like, why didn't somebody answer that question for you? You know, yeah. it was just, it, I mean, they, the things they talk about um, not being told about Christianity, the authenticity of the Bible or the Trinity or just the salvation, like simple things they didn't understand. And then as soon as the wind blew and a boy came and, you know, a, the one girl converted from a college class, you know, after growing up in the church. So. I mean, to me, I think the essence of it, my article was about why Christian kids turned to Islam. Um, I think really the essence of it is they had a cultural Christianity, but no relationship with Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And there is a tendency in Christian families, just like any family that has a cultural tradition, to impart the tradition without the substance. I hear this from you or is it in the article where... Um... American Caucasians that who convert to Islam are, are somewhat shunned and not really accepted. Yes. So that's the other thing I was saying to them is um, they, they are culturally alienated mm -hmm. because most Muslims, uh, if they're not, so if they're African-American, they're going to be shunned like in terms of that. Um, but otherwise, if they're if they're immigrants, they're Pakistanis or Arabs, they don't want to give their sons because they say their faith is going to be weak. They're mm -hmm. strong believers now, but their family are not believers and that your kids can stray or their influence of their family can change your kids into Christians. Mm -hmm. But you were accepted because of your Persian. I was Persian. Uh, oh. There's no I was Persian, but my brother's wife was never accepted. And what did she do? 35 years later, as soon as they divorced, she went back to Christ. Hmm. Exactly what they they know. That's yes. exactly what they thought. Especially because she's Armenian. So Armenians are very, very strong culturally and religiously Christian people. Hmm. Wow. What does Jim have to say in regard to this? Jim devotion? says. All of us love those mountaintop experiences, but it is a trap to always be expecting and looking forward to those times of exhilaration. So what's interesting here is Jim's not talking about wealth of this world. He's talking about the infatuation we can get to 
even religious experiences, spiritual experiences. And so if we're truly honest, we will admit we have learned greater lessons from the Lord while in the valleys. Of course, our understanding of what God was doing typically comes much later. Kierkegaard, the Danish philosopher, once wrote, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. When we compare the mountaintop to the valley, we realize that what sustained us, such as the water, food, and fellowship, is found in the valley. And the people who desperately, so desperately need our testimony of faith live there. Mm. Oh, Lord, may I honor you in plenty and in want, and may I live victoriously in the valleys that the world may know you. That's John 17, 23. Mm. And Lisa says... Uh, she's asking me in my interview with Pastor Jack that I was around Christians and nobody ever told me about Jesus. I cried when I heard that. If I'm remembering correctly, that is absolutely correct. I mean, in high school and stuff, I <coughs> they were all Jewish, so I had no Christians. But later in my professional career, I was doing a lot of interfaith stuff and I went into tons of churches where I did not hear the gospel preached ever. I was friends. I mean, I had coffee. I had lunch. I had dinner. I had meetings. They were in my home repeatedly with pastors in which I was doing government contracts with. And never once did somebody say, Hedia, do you know that Jesus Christ loves you? And um, he could be your Lord and Savior. Wow. That's so wild. That's probably why you remember uh, who's the, uh, the founder of the Christian Post or the Robert Land, Robert Land, why you remember what he said to you. 25 uh, so years later. Yes. <laughs> he might have been the only literally one. the only person. And he had no intent of evangelizing to me. He just was trying to get rid of me. <laughs> Little did he know. Little did he know. Hooked on Jesus says. Gotta run. My new one week old granddaughter's here. Yay. That's so exciting. And she's, uh, God he's, bless he you. Says, I'll be back. Yes. <laughs> nice to see you again. Thank yeah. you. Sorry. Got a lot of she's on the, on the, on the comment. So it's a he. Hooked on Jesus. Right? Jesus is a guy. Yeah. Yes. Everybody called, I called him she. Sorry, got, got your gender wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that now. now um, I'm excited because Pastor Jack reposted my article, which of course, yes, is how it blew up. Right. And Cindy's saying, yeah, so sad. Um, Jesus wasn't mentioned. Yeah. You know, just, just know if you're ever it, 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 around, See, because Muslims know a Jesus, we've talked about this before, but they don't know the story of the simple gospel. They don't know the story of salvation. We have ne we're never taught that. So um, whatever opportunity you may ever have to tell people of different faiths that story, um, please do. You know, I have a regret from today. Oh, no. I just thought Did of it. Did you have a God moment and you missed it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I battled it the entire time. No! Yes. So. I know. So I'm in the courtroom today. So I'm, I'm working. I'm, I testify in these court cases. And uh, the first couple of witnesses go up there and I hear uh, the clerk say, you know, you got to raise your right hand. And they go, you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing, nothing but the truth uh, under penalty of perjury. And I, that's the first time I've heard that. And I've been in Arizona before and I'm pretty sure they used to say, um, uh, so help you God. So help you God. And um, it like caught me off guard. Like I was, you know, you, you don't have, you have these expectations of, and then of somebody changes the word of a song. You go, wait, that, that's not the words. Um, and then another witness got up and she said the same thing. And I go, and I, and I, 
this is probably the Holy Spirit uh, was telling me at, when she says under penalty perjury, I would have said, yes, so help me God. That's what I was going to say. But I thought I, 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 I was all ready. I was all ready to do it. And then as I got up there, I got to think, okay, I'm here working for this attorney. Yes. And you don't want to, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want I mean, is it, is it the judges? Cause I told you the judge, it was a woman, but you could easily, you could easily mistake her for a, a, a man. Well, sorry. I, I'm, I hope you know, it's just the way there was. And so I got another voice in me. Maybe this isn't the right time. Wow. Isn't that which one was God or the devil? I, I, I don't know. Oh, no. Because so do you see what I'm saying? What do you guys think? I mean, should I have gone through with saying uh, yes? So help me God. Because I, I wanted to so badly. And, and, then, and then I thought, is this going to upset the judge? And I'm not here for me. You I'm here. That. Yes. But I, it was this voice. It was like this battle I was having. Okay. And so maybe it was my voice battling with God's voice. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Jesus, forgive me. Um, I mean, it quickly came to me that I'm going to say, yes, so help me God. And then I got up there and said, yes. <laughs> so sad but i'm confessing it i'm confessing and ask, asking for forgiveness yes because you know we're supposed to repent to one another and ask for forgiveness there you go you got it uh but it's interesting because i wonder if they're going to start to take it off of our money too yeah, i don't know i mean uh there's a like in south carolina i expect that i'll put my actually I have to put my hand on a bible is I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they'll still do that where else did i do that was Oklahoma. It? No, she just said, "So help me, so help you, God." Um. Yeah, I know. I know there's a couple others, but I can't. Cindy thinks it sounded like a testimony for God. Ah! I agree with you, Cindy. You'll get another chance. Yeah, God keeps throwing these God moments out at Andy, and he just. I know. I fail. <laughs> I mean, I, I I passed a couple times. You did. You have. <laughs> I think with my fourteen-year-old uh, daughter Ray, we've had some good talks about this situation that she created over the last week or two, and and she's she she fails, but then she has something else that causes her to think that it's it's come up in our discussions where she's you know she walked in that day. Remember when yes. she walked in? She says, "I I I feel like this is God talking to me," and uh, and I know I know I need to I I know this is. Uh, a message that I need to change my ways essentially is what she said. I don't, that's not the exact yeah. words, but it's pretty close. Um, and then she told you the same thing. Yes. And did you feel differently about her sincerity when you heard her say it, as opposed to me telling you about it? Did you feel anything different? I mean, at least Slightly. she's talking about it. Slightly different because yeah. I thought she was just tricking you when she said it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because, you know, the kids know her song, you know, all they, <laughs> All they got to do is go. Isn't that sad? Yeah. That we they, both kind of have that same thing. Like, are you saying that because you want me to, to give I you mean, back you know, your iPad? Come on. Are you? They, they know <laughs> our song, you know. Dad, but you want to believe it. Jesus says he forgives me. Can I get my phone back? Uh, well, H-O-J. Oh, H hooked on Jesus, H-O-J. Yeah, that earlier that's, what, that's what you meant. Oh, dale. I, I should have caught that. Really? I did. I should have caught that. I was thinking. Thank you, Don, for sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And Lisa's saying the opposite. You were worried about them challenging your integrity in the woke court, so she gets it. Yeah, it's uh, again. I'm there. I'm. I've been hired, and it, that was the battle. Like, do I? Do I? And I, I don't mind me. Hope you don't mind me saying that. In my head, I was thinking, should I? Am I going to piss off the judge? You know, to where she doesn't even listen to my testimony, and, and that's what I was worried about. And so, I decided to hold back because. Like I said, I wasn't there for. So you didn't think your cross made a big enough impression on her? I don't know. She was very nice to me when I got done. Oh, okay. She smiled and says, "Well, thank you very much for your." They're not always that nice. Oh. And she goes, "Thank you very much for your testimony and your in your oh, time." Nice. Here. So, yeah, maybe it worked out. Anna's saying, "I hope you have permission to talk about your fourteen-year-old. You could embarrass her. Oh, we embarrass our children oh, regularly." Yeah. I talked about her in it in my high school class <laughs> that Hetty and I teach. Yeah. Yeah, I talked about her. <laughs> Did you when she was there or separately? <laughs> no, separately. Yeah, our kids know their fair game. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to help them. I said, "You guys have these times where you have to make decisions," and it was a it was a discussion about decisions. That every day you're making decisions. Not Choice. only as a law enforcement officer, because uh, you can make a decision that that causes you to have to take somebody's life. And so this is I was talking about that you'll put yourself in a position where if you wouldn't have done that the suspect wouldn't have taken that opportunity to try to arm you. So use good tactics, use good uh, command presence to help that person not die. Well, it's interesting that you brought up the command presence thing. Yeah. You said Austin talked to you about it after and how important it is. Austin's and, the principal of the school that we teach at. Yeah. And I, you know, like sense of duty, you relaying that to our walk with Christ. Command presence is also, a Christian concept mm. in the in the biblical version because as I'm I'm getting really into um, the idea of uh, demon oppression because I just I'm coming across a number of people I know it's something the Lord wants to teach me and show me and and so it's been part of my walk since I first came to Christ and the command presence so like there's some delivery ministers that they walk in the room. And the demons start to scream. You know, it's 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 that command presence of a believer who is so in love with with Christ that he has surrendered his. I heard one um, pastor talk about it this way: that like where you get so engrossed in your walk with Christ that you're not trying to do things; you're trying to be Him, mm. and so you just kind of surrender to however He is going to do that in and through you till your command presence starts to show. And there is, um, I truly believe, as all of the attributes of Christ is, he's basically trying to encourage us saying, it is no longer, you know, when Paul says, it is no longer I who live, but the, the righteousness of Christ that lives with me. The old, It's the old man has died and the new man has come. And we are the temple of the Lord. There's no longer the, the veil is torn and we are the temple of the Lord. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. He's just trying to constantly encourage us. You are the embodiment of me. So people should see that. Mm. Right? Yes. It's not just words that come out of our mouth. That people should see it. And you watch some of these deliverance uh, ministers, you know. They don't do much. They don't. They just, mm. you know, they're just, they have this command presence and a tap on the forehead <laughs> or, you know, and then, wow. Right. Feels all kinds of wild. Anyways, <laughs> Cindy says, 
Uh, I would do what you did in the court unless prompted by the Lord. I wasn't there, but the way you told it sounded like a prompt. You see, that's what I'm saying. God or the devil, right? One voice is saying one thing and the other voice is saying another. So what can we do? I should have tried to listen a little bit better. It would be different if it was your case or your lawyer for your case, but you were there for somebody else's case. So the struggle is real. Yeah, it was kind of sad. I got to tell you, I, um, we had to pray for these kids that were, they're (laughs) 20 girl and a boy. They got caught transporting methamphetamine, surely doing something that they, uh, needed to not needed to be that they surely were committing a crime and, uh, they could get up to 15 years each. Maybe they were the ones that needed to do it. Talking about- oh, whoa. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? That's oh. what I heard. And uh. I just said it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got. <laughs> Why? You went on with the story. Yes. But I mean, she, the girl looks so sweet. Like just, I mean, I wish you would have seen her. Just got, she's. So was, she was so happy to see her mom in the court. She hadn't seen her for a year because she'd been in, been in je- custody in custody for, for a, a year. year. And seen they both had not seen their parents in a year. And they're not allowed to have visitors in yeah. custody. For whatever reason. I don't know if it's a COVID thing or what. But um it's in Arizona, so I, I don't know. Um but the, the parents even looked like they got along and the girl would hug his parents and he would hug her dot her mom who was there. Um, but it's, it's sad. I mean, I, again, if they look, if they're like, it's, it's, this is, you know, wrong that everything is off of appearance because if they were gruff gang member looking people, then I would say, yeah, who cares what happens? They deserve to go to jail. Um, and, but I'm not there to testify necessary, even though I'm hired by their attorney, I don't believe my job is necessarily, my job is not necessarily to get them out of jail. No. My my job is to testify to the truth about the integrity what, what, of the police. What happened in the case involving the law enforcement officers. Right. That's my job. Um, but I hope and I pray that this um will will change them. And if I only would have said, Yes, so help me God, they would have had that opportunity to see somebody praising God in their presence and I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you looking at me? Oh, Maybe they would have come up to you after. Yeah, but oh my gosh! (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to rub it in. I thought you loved me, Schnugs. I'm just trying to rub it in. Oh my gosh. Anyways, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Oh my gosh. You could pray about that. I want to pray about. (laughs) Ask God. Maybe somebody. Maybe somebody in jail will give them a. Maybe I need to send them a Bible or something through the attorney. That too. To make it up to him. You can do that too. Wow. Oh, Don's leaving us too? Yeah. Oh, of Good course. Night, Don. You and HOJ. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> We're getting ready to end this. Yes. Land this plane long. anyway. We're going to land this plane. <laughs> I'm tired. Thank you all for joining us. And we're really excited uh, to be part of the Christian Edify Podcast Network, edifi.app. Download, subscribe, share with your friends. Um, It would truly be a blessing for us. Thank you so much. God bless you. Good night. Take care.